Today on Hardwired. The return of Christ will be the final arbiter of who knew and walked with him and who did not. There won't be any wondering anymore. No more pretense. No more, oh yeah, I'm saved. And everybody say, we're Americans. We're Americans. We all believe in mom, apple pie, Chevy, and we're all Christians. No, the angels of God are going to know who has actually been born again. You are listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Thanks for allowing us to share this time with you. It's our favorite time of the day where we get to hang out together and hear about how the truth of God's Word can make a huge difference as it's hardwired into your life, your relationships, and your future. You may be stuck in traffic or maybe even stuck in life. Either way, today's message is going to help you get on the right track as you learn how much God loves you right where you are. And if for any reason you have to break away before the end of the program, you can always catch it at our website, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. So let's go ahead and get right into today's message. Here's Pastor Jeff to set it up for us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you making us a part of what I know is your very busy day. It's a great honor to be able to share God's Word with all of you. Today, as we get closer and closer to Easter, I wanna talk to you about something that we often hear messages about, but I wanna bring a few things out about Jesus the prophet. Jesus was the greatest prophet to ever walk the planet. And in Matthew 24, Jesus really, so to speak, grabbed a crystal ball and looked down the tunnel of time and predicted many, many things about the signs of the last times. What you and I would look for as signs just before Jesus returns. So grab your Bible, something to write with. I can't wait to share part two of the message, Jesus Crystal Ball. Let's get into it. Today I wanna continue now the road to the resurrection. I wanna talk to you on the subject, Jesus Crystal Ball. As Jesus was heading towards the cross, and the subsequent resurrection. He not only spoke over Jerusalem about their hour of visitation. We talked about the hour of visitation, that God visits every person. God pays a personal visit to every person by the power of the Holy Spirit before they die. The hour of visitation, very important. But then they asked Jesus, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. And here's what they said, tell us, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus, we know there's going to be an end of time as we know it. What is going to be the sign of that? Well, Jesus shared with his very own. This was not to the crowd. This was to the disciples. And today I want to share with you, as Jesus looked into the prophetic crystal ball, what he said about what was coming, I believe, to our day. The greatest prophet of all time was Jesus Christ. Now, in saying that, I'm not minimizing Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, or any of the others. They were all inerrant or perfectly accurate in what they said. But let's face it, the prophet of prophets is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And in answer to the disciples' question about what would be the sign of your return, the greatest prophet of all time looked down the tunnel of time, and he made very specific predictions about the future. I want you to notice with me that he did not contest their statement that there would be an end of this age, an end of time 
as we know it. He didn't contest that. He didn't say, what do you mean by that question? He totally agreed with the question, and he answered it. Now, his predictions began with a list called the beginning of sorrows. He said, there's going to be what I'm calling the beginning of sorrows. Jesus answered and said this, watch out that nobody deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming, I am the Christ, and they will deceive successfully many people. And you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars are going to be in the papers, on the news, all the time. You're going to hear warnings of war. See to it that you, my disciples, are not alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation is going to rise against nation. Kingdom is going to rise against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all of these are the beginning of sorrows. I want you to understand that the Jesus Christ who came on the first Christmas morn, born in Bethlehem, was very crystal clear he would come again. And he said, there's going to be signs that precede that coming. And they will begin to happen. We've always had earthquakes. We've always had famines. Uh, prognosticators throughout the ages have tried to convince the world, read history, that the end is here, or at least very near. You can read that when 1000 AD hit the world in Europe, the whole entire church world was expecting the Lord to return. And the clock reached 1000 AD, but it did not happen. It's very important we understand why it didn't happen. They did not have the prophetic earmarks that were necessary for the return of Christ to take place. But we do. Those who said he's about to come again in 1000 AD and other times throughout history pointed to weird weather patterns, wars, famines, new diseases, and all of that. But what's different now? Because we say that Jesus Christ is near. Hear me carefully. Never before has the world seen ever the accumulation of prophetic events as we have today starting with the granddaddy of them all, which was Israel becoming a nation again in 1948. That was a key prophetic event. And Jesus said, that generation that sees these things happening will see the return of the Son of Man. When Israel became a nation in 1948, Many believe that the prophetic hourglass was turned upside down and the final grains of the sand of time began to sift through that hourglass. Although nobody knows the day or the hour that Messiah will return, not any generation but ours has had as many signs of the time as we have. You read the newspaper, it's like reading as Isaiah. Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, the minor prophets, Jesus in Matthew 24 and Luke 21. Matthew records the words of Jesus, quote, immediately said Jesus, after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give her light, and the stars, which is the Greek word asteros, and it means the meteorites, shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens are going to be shaken. There's going to be a meteorite shower that's going to strike the earth that Jesus said would be so cataclysmic that men's hearts would fail and faint. John the Revelator describes a trumpet blown by an angel that has immediate influence on the same trilogy, sun, moon, and stars. He says, then the fourth angel blew his trumpet, and one-third of the sun was struck, and one-third of the moon, and one-third of the stars, and they became dark, and one-third of the day was dark. The prophet Joel, Old Testament, 
saw the same thing. Quote, thousands upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision. There the day of the Lord will soon arrive. The sun and the moon will grow dark and the stars will no longer shine. Echoed all through the predictions of the Bible are these, these weather and cosmic cataclysmic disturbances. This is the sign, a sign sent by God that the whole world is soon to witness. Everybody will see it. When it happens, it will appear as though our entire galaxy is disintegrating as millions of meteorites hurl themselves in all directions. I saw a news story just last week, scientists saying it's a miracle that Earth has not been shattered by meteorites. We are living in the middle, hanging in space, surrounded by objects that could decimate the world if God did not keep them away. But God is keeping them away. People of all nations will react to this sign and terrifying panic will sweep the world. And every soul on earth will begin to realize that the end of this age is at hand. They will say it must be the end of the world. Jesus gave these signs for a reason, not to scare you where you're just walking around afraid all the time, but to scare you awake, to scare you awake. He said in Matthew 24, verses 42 through 44, he said, so you too, you must keep watch for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. And then Jesus likened these things to a homeowner whose house is in danger of being broken into. And he said these words, if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time for the son of man is going to come when you least expect his return. Then Jesus warned, watch out. Don't let your hearts, remember he's talking to his disciples. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware like a trap. It will spring like a bear trap. For that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times. Church, I'm going to tell you something. Much of the church is asleep in the light. We are ignoring these things. We're allowing the culture to shape us. We are catering our programs to reach people according to what the culture would do and not what the Bible would do. We need to be telling the world, you better get ready because Jesus Christ will come at a time you least expect. Jesus said to his, his people, he said, you guys aren't stupid. Now it's springtime. It's a great time for me to quote this verse. As you have noticed, everything around us is budding. The, all the little bushes in our, in our yard are budding, those beautiful blossoms. Because why? Because it's spring. Jesus said, notice the fig tree or any other tree. When the leaves come out, you know, without being told that summer is near and winter is over. In the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you can know that the kingdom of God is near. I tell you the truth, this generation that sees these things take place will not pass from the scene until all these things have taken place and Christ comes again. So the Jesus who came to earth over 2,000 years ago clearly testified that he would come again. Did Jesus die on that cross? Yes. Was he born of a virgin? Yes. Did he rise from the dead? Yes. The story of Jesus is an empty tomb and a virgin's womb. Did he rise from the dead? He absolutely did. Do you believe he died for your sins? You do. Do you know that he was a real personality that walked the earth, that he was God wrapped in skin? Yes, you do. Well then, clearly he said, I will come again. 
And what will that second coming be like? Jesus said, first of all, let me tell you what it's really going to be all around you. Here's the way it's going to be. Cultural apathy concerning his appearance will be prevalent. People will grow skeptical of the second coming. And as a matter of fact, many churches won't even preach it anymore. God help them. The Bible declares that skepticism about the second coming of Christ, sort of a, a, a slow growing doubt and disbelief in his return is going to begin to permeate culture before he comes again. Second Peter chapter three says, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come mocking the truth and following their own desires. And here's what they will say. They'll say it on CNN. They'll say it on MSNBC. They will say it on television and radio and in books. There will be a, they're putting up billboards now, testifying that they don't believe in God. Well, I wish, I hope they put one on every corner because then we'll have a great controversy and a great debate. You say there is no God, I say there is a God. You say there's no evidence, I say there is a world and universe filled with evidence that there is God. That's all right, I don't care about your billboards. Pastor Jeff will be back in a moment, but first I wanna share a couple of thoughts with you. Now, you may not be able to stay with us for the entire program, but don't worry. You can find the program at our website, hardwired.org, along with all of the programs from Pastor Jeff. Also, we regularly get emails and calls from listeners just like you who tell us how much the program means to them. But we would love to hear from you too. So let me encourage you to connect with us by calling 877-884-3111 or through the website, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. Or call 877-884-3111. And now let's get back to Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. But here's what they will say. They will say, Peter wrote, what happened? What happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? What happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? Come on, you don't believe that, do you? From before the times of our ancestors, these mockers go on to say, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. It's the same old, same old. We're going through the same life cycles. There's no coming again of Jesus Christ. But Peter said, a day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. Don't let God waiting and putting the return off fool you. He's only putting it off because he is willing, not willing that any would perish, but all that would come to the knowledge of the truth. He's waiting for that last person to be saved. But it will come, Peter said, when the elements will melt with a fervent heat, this world will be completely burned up and renovated and redone, and Jesus Christ will return. Jesus said these words concerning the mockers and the unbelievers, he said, when the Son of Man returns, it'll be like it was in Noah's day. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings, right up to the time Noah entered into his boat and the flood came and it destroyed them all. And for 120 years, his listeners did not believe, not one. He didn't have one convert. He preached for 120 years and didn't have one convert because they did not believe his prediction that water was going to fall out of the sky and a flood was going to sweep the world. They mocked him and ridiculed him and he kept on building his boat. And Jesus said, suddenly the flood came and all the mockers and all the disbelievers were destroyed. And that's a heartbreaker. And here's what Jesus was telling you and me, just as in Noah's day, people will go on with life as usual with no concern whatsoever that judgment is coming. Ah, you know, I don't believe all that. They'll be marrying, giving in marriage, partying. 
having a good old time, eat, drink, and be merry. Tomorrow we die. When you die, you just die. That's all there is. And they ignore the warnings of God just like they ignore the warnings of God in Noah's day. They ignore the warnings of God about coming judgment, marrying, partying, having a good old time until it fell. Jesus said, that's exactly what it's going to be like. He gave another illustration that's very important to notice. He said, and also the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business. Here he goes again, describing the same scene. Eating, drinking, buying, selling, farming, and building until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. And Jesus said, yes, it will be business as usual right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now listen carefully. In Lot's day, the same attitude prevailed. They didn't believe God. They didn't take the warning seriously. They lived in their sin. They lived in perversion. They lived in sexual perversion. They lived in unbelief towards God. But the Bible tells us that the angels of God were sent to Sodom and they found the one righteous man and said this to him, we can't do anything until you're out of here. So he grabbed his wife, grabbed his unbelieving son-in-laws and started to go out. His wife turned around with her heart still attached to Sodom and was turned into a pillar of salt. Lot was delivered, and only when he was a good distance away from the city did judgment fall. Do you catch what Jesus is saying? Jesus said our day will be exactly the same. Unbelief, mocking, ridicule. They will ignore the warnings of God and be taken by surprise when God brings judgment, and God's final judgment will not take place until the righteous have been taken out. Now that's, out, that's out of the red ink. That's what Jesus said. Now, the second characteristic of Jesus' return is it's going to be not just as it was in the days of Noah, a case sera, sera attitude about all these things. But Jesus said it'll be sudden and unexpected. Nobody will expect that it will happen when it does. Jesus said, as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, this week we had storms, and I looked out one night when the storms were rolling in, and all of a sudden a flash of lightning went across the sky, and I thought of this verse, because it went, and it was gone. Stretched across the sky like somebody snapped a giant camera, and poop, it was gone. Jesus said it's going to be sudden and unexpected. The Bible says, behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Now I want to grab two words out of there, moment and twinkling. Moment is the Greek word atomos, from which we draw the word atom. It means uncuttable, indivisible, an atom of time, a time so fast you can't split it. Twinkling means a jerk, a twitch of the eye, an instant of time. In a moment and a twinkling, the child of God will be jerked up into heaven. And you know what Jesus said then? He said, when that happens, it's going to separate one from another. Listen to the words of Jesus, because this is compelling to me, because it shows me, gives me an insight into homes and friendships. He says, I tell you on that night, Jesus said, I tell you on that night, two people will be in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. 
Two women will be grinding grain together, working at McDonald's, flipping burgers, making sales in some organization. Suddenly, one will be jerked up into heaven, the other left. The return of Christ will be the final arbiter of who knew and walked with him and who did not. There won't be any wondering anymore. No more pretense. No more, oh yeah, I'm saved. Didn't everybody say we're Americans? We're Americans. We all believe in mom, apple pie, Chevy, and we're all Christians. No, the angels of God are going to know who has actually been born again. The angels of God are going to know who wears the blood on the doorpost of their heart. The angels of God are going to know. And our greatest example is the Passover. Remember what God said? to the children of Israel, he said, you get the lamb's blood and you put it over the doorpost and on the sides of the door of every house. And when the angel sees the blood, he will pass over. Now, God was giving us types and shadows and pictures and snapshots of what it's going to be like. Because when this amazing event happens, the angels of God will look for the blood, not on the physical doors of our house, but on the doorposts of our heart. And when they see the blood, you will be jerked up in a moment and a twinkling. What's intriguing to me is you got married people here. One had accepted Christ and the other hadn't, and they were living together. No doubt the one had been praying for the other. Lord, please save them. But there's going to be some that never did listen and never do come to him and their spouse will be taken and they will be left. You have roommates here. One had accepted him while the other had not. You have family members under the same roof. Some had accepted Christ, others had not. And the angels know. This catching up into heaven was foreshadowed by an Old Testament man named Enoch. It says Enoch walked with God and suddenly he was not. It says in the Bible in Hebrews 11, verse 5, by an act of faith, Enoch skipped death completely. They looked all over and couldn't find him because God had taken him. There was a search party. They couldn't find him because he wasn't on earth. And you know what? When this incredible catching away of believers takes place, the greatest search party in world history is going to be launched. Looking for the multitudes who have suddenly disappeared, they will not be found though. Why? For God has taken them. Say, so, Pastor Jeff, do you really believe this? Huh? You know, you asked me if I believe that. To me, it's no harder to believe and accept. I accept it by faith. I walk by faith. It's what the Bible teaches, and it's what the Son of God taught. The same Jesus who said, if you believe in me, I will change your life, said, I'm coming back. I'm going to come back. And if you believe that he came once, what's so hard about believing he's coming twice? Well, how's he going to get us all up in the air? Huh? God said, let it be. And Jupiter and Pluto and Saturn flung into space. He does everything by the power of his word. And one day, the Son of God will hear the Father say, Son, go get your bride. And, and it will take place. The same Jesus who came the first time was born in a manger in Bethlehem. It's coming a second time. And as Jesus wound his way through Jerusalem toward the cross and toward the resurrection from the dead, he looked into the prophetic crystal ball and he said, here's what's coming in the last hours of time. Now I want to ask you a question today. Are you ready? 
If you're not ready, what's standing in your way? Have you thought about it? What's standing in your way? A relationship? A habit? A fear that if you give your life to Christ, he's going to somehow make you weird? I learned a long time ago, Jesus doesn't turn people into freaks. He turns freaks into people. <laughs> Let me ask you, whatever it is that's causing you to kind of push back and hold back and continue to live a life that you know is not fully what God wants for you, is it worth it? Is it worth it? You've been listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. It would mean the world to us to know how the program has helped you today. So take a quick minute and give us a call, 877-884-3111. Or you can connect with us at our website, hardwired.org. And if you enjoy the program as much as we love bringing it to you, let us know by your generous support. It would really mean a lot to us. There are daily costs associated with the program. And we truly do depend on the faithful financial support of our listeners like you to allow us to be on this station. So please consider partnering with us today with your gifts to this ministry. You can call us at 877-884-3111 or go to the website hardwired.org. Again, call 877-884-3111 or at our website hardwired.org. Thank you for your loyal partnership, as we couldn't do this without you. And finally, Pastor Jeff is the founder and senior pastor of the vibrant Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're ever in the area, we hope you'll stop by and say hi. And let us know that you listen to the program. That would really make our day. And Pastor Jeff would love to meet you personally, too. So till next time, have a great day. And thanks so much for listening to Hardwired.